You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to the Potted Together podcast. I'm Nicole, and I'm joined by my co-host, Adam and Becca. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Every single time, there's just a brief pause. Uh, That was a nice little intro. How are you guys doing? (laughs) (laughs) You know, existing. Still here. Don't all talk at once. (laughs) I feel like... It's it's really good to see you guys because as you guys know we FaceTime while we're looking at each other. But um, I feel like I haven't seen you guys in a while because we took a break last week and we didn't record because it was Becca's birthdays. Yeah, I think she just spilled some water on her couch because I just saw a face <laughs> and then a sprint to get a paper towel. Oh no, headphones. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she's ready. <laughs> Oh my god, no. This is not good. What you guys saw just now is me freaking out because I realized I was looking at my sound wave and I'm like, why does it look like that when I'm not talking? And I was like, this isn't right. Oh. <laughs> so, Adam, might be some feedback. Might have to mute me at the beginning there. That's semi our fault for not noticing I you I didn't have your and now on. you guys can't hear me. <laughs> No. Oh, we could hear you, but we can't see you. There There you are. You're back. Can you hear me? Yeah. Guess who's back, 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 back again. Although when your video came back, you did look like that meme of that dog that's in like the burning building. And it just says, this is fine. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Just like with the dead shark eyes and just like, great. This is life. (laughs) It's fine. Okay, yeah, I was looking at the sound waves and I was like, it's never looked like that before. What's going on? And then I realized I had made a fatal flaw because it doesn't look like you guys are wearing headphones, you know? So I just was like, I forgot that we did that. Yeah. That's what we do. You take one week off. Well, to be honest, you are 25 now, so the memory is just going to start going away. Yeah, get ready for that. I'm 25. Let's talk about turning 25 because I've talked to a few people about this and they all said that 25 was like a really weird age for them. Like they realized at that point that like they were an adult, which is like such a strange. I think that's what happened to me. That's why it felt so strange because I was like, oh shit, like I am a grown up. 
<laughs> somehow, some way. I I don't know. It was just weird. And like it came to the point also where I, I was like, I'm going to be a mom sooner than not as well. I'm not pregnant. This is not an announcement. But you know, it's like. Damn it. No. Just kidding. <laughs> as much as my family would love that, it's not yet. <laughs> but yeah, it was just like so weird. Like I'm past the point of like girlhood and I don't know it just feels I don't know how to explain it oh she's feels a weird. woman she's, she's a, a woman, woman. I, I mean, have been a woman since the age of 12 but to be, um, <laughs> to be honest the differences in your life from 24 to 25 have been drastic you moved across country yeah. you have two fur babies you own a house so like you got it, married it does, or did you get married when you were 23 yeah I was 23 Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, who's a better friend? Close here? enough. But it does slap different. <laughs> so 25 slaps different. <laughs> Wait, was I 23? I think I was 20. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> 25 slaps different, is that what you said? Yeah. It does. You spent 20, you spent 24 in quarantine. You got married the year before that. Thank goodness. That's right. Oh you my gosh. You dodged that bullet. Okay, and you know what? I was thinking the other day that I almost was like let's just wait until 2020 because it's an even number and if you know me i hate odd numbers i hate them i will never have an odd number family i don't work in odd numbers it's always even numbers (laughs) and the only way that i was okay with my anniversary year being in an odd number was that the month and the date were even February, March, April, May, June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's the only way that I was like, I'm going to let it slide just because of that. But other than that, it's not going to happen. So. Yeah. Just a little fun fact. Oh, gosh. So So 25. Oh, go ahead. I have a question. When you like walk upstairs. So I have and I know that this can be considered in the category of an OCD. But I have this thing where I count when I walk up and down stairs. I don't know why I do it. (laughs) And I always want to, like, hit an even number before I get to my spot. So sometimes I even do, like, a little tiny shuffle, which sounds so... I, it sounds so neurotic, and I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but, like, sometimes I'll do a little feet shuffle, because if I'm going up the stairs to get to a door, I'm, like, counting up the stairs, and I was like, well, I can't open the door and take a step on an odd number. <laughs> See, odd numbers are uncomfortable. Yeah. Are you guys sure you're not related, like, in any way? <laughs> Honestly, we're positive of this. We're very similar, Adam. Yeah. Yeah. We are. Okay. So 25 for me wasn't, I think it was 30. I think the, like, turning 30 was the big, like, wow, my 20s are gone. You know, like, it was Mm -hmm. this, like, this morning of a decade, you know, as being, like, a young adult. And now it's, like, 30s. Even though I had a child and married into a bigger family before I turned 30, it was still this like, you know, like, Mm -hmm. wow, it's gone. But um, I spent my 30th birthday in Puerto Rico. So I think that softened the blow a little bit. Oh, yeah. Just a smidge. Yes, absolutely. So so what did you guys do? You guys, you guys went on a, like a little mini, mini-cation, just you and your husband, right? Yeah, we went on a little vacation. Uh, it was the first time that we had traveled anywhere together since the pandemic. And that's crazy because we love traveling. I feel like our relationship is at its best when we're traveling. Like, I don't know what it mm-hmm. is, but we just get along so well, which is such a gift because like, I know people who <laughs> didn't travel <laughs> with their husband 
or their partner before they got married and then they got married and they realized they're really bad at traveling together and it's like that stinks oh god like oh no (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we we actually just drove down to lake of the ozarks it's like an hour and 20 minutes away which (laughs) i told a few people we were going there and they're like ew why would you go there because it's apparently really gross in like the high season like you just see like a bunch of drunk drunk white people really? like oh, yeah. getting nuts like people were like yeah you see shit like floating in the in the water like you just see things you wish you didn't have to see and i'm like what like, yeah, what does that there's mean like, there's like spring it's spring break time around there kind of so, oh spring break yeah that's yeah. right so did you see anything you didn't want to see no because it was still cold so okay we actually asked and like their quote-unquote spring break is like memorial weekend that's when it really picks up so we won't be going for that um daniel was actually (laughs) kind of curious he's like i kind of like wonder what that's like and i'm like i don't know i feel like i don't need to know (laughs) (laughs) i'm 25 now i'm done with that shit I'm sorry an adult yeah sorry that you're like 30 and you still want that like i'm grown up (laughs) No, uh, Daniel is 30. He's turning 31 in August and he's been so helpful like with the whole aging thing. He's like, yeah, I mean, you know, you just keep moving. It's okay. I was like, okay. (laughs) But no, we we went to the spa. That's why we went there because I was looking for a spa in Missouri. You know what's so weird? Resort culture in Arizona is like such a thing. Have you noticed this, Adam, living there? Yeah. Like, yeah. there's hmm. so many resorts and, like, really nice hotels that people go for the weekend. And really? I was, yeah, and, like, in Tucson, too, there's lots of there's lots of places like that. Like, the Ritz-Carlton, there's, like, Star Pass. I don't know, just, like, and Phoenix has, like, more... <laughs> what just Sorry. happened? Sorry. <laughs> I was... <laughs> I had a nose hair that was like dangling and I had to pull it. Oh, I wasn't even looking at you. (laughs) You know, when you're telling a story, you shouldn't be looking at me. (laughs) But I'm not going to look at myself. I like brushed by it and it was one of those situations where I had to take care of it or else it was going to bother me the rest of the day. Okay. Time to to go back and get waxed. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, okay. So we picked this hotel because of the spa and it was so hard to find like a good resort spa in Missouri because I guess it's just not a thing to have that culture here like that might be like a cultural thing I don't really know anyway that's why we went there and it was a great hotel like very pretty we didn't see really anybody while we were there so we were just like walking around and it was great so got a massage got a facial and just freaking relaxed it was nice 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 yeah. So mm-hmm. our definitions of facials are different. He had My mouth is open. See, Daniel made the same joke. Why are men so disgusting? Like, genuinely, what the hell? Like, Daniel was like, wait, you're getting what? And I'm like, a facial. He's like, well, I can help you. Like, I'm like, no. I can give you one of those. Well, I can take care of that for you, Becky. <laughs> disgusting like what the hell <laughs> scum scum <Yeah>. of the earth <laughs> oh was it good though? on that note not the, how was not your the week? facial but like was all of it good oh. like the resort just hanging out and just taking the time without the pups 
Yeah. It was nice. Oh, yeah. We didn't bring the dogs. Daniel's coworker watched them, which was really sweet of him. And yeah, it was like kind of sad without them at first. And then I was like, wow, I don't have to worry about a dog stepping on my hair or taking them out potty. Like it was just nice. Yeah. 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 But I, I did miss them a lot. But How yeah. long were you gone for? Just like three or four days, right? Two days. <laughs> Two days. <laughs> Two whole days. Two days. I haven't been apart from Cooper at all, though. And Leo, Aww. the only time I've ever been apart from Leo was when he was ripped away from me at the airport. Yes. Oh, my god. That was heartbreaking for all of us. Truly, I had a breakdown. Like, I had a panic attack in the airport in front of the teller. It was so embarrassing. But that still didn't do anything, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I just, I was the girl who had a panic attack at the airport in front of a lot of people. I would have too. I would have too, for sure. Yeah, he was my security blanket, you know? He he was a, an emotional support animal, and they still said no. I'm like, listen. Bullshit. Got the paper. No, I didn't have my papers at that point. After that, I registered him as an emotional support animal. And for good reason. I'm not going to pretend like he's a service animal. But then, a couple months later... They cut it out, <laughs> cut right? it out. I'm like, damn it. Oh, damn. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I wanted to bring him on that trip because I was alone, you know, and he's helpful. Yeah. Going through a lot at the time. Well, that's because people are bringing, like, pythons and peacocks on air fl- on airplanes. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's what they're banning. Honestly, that, but, like, sounds Leo like, is- that sounds like a wonderful band name. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Pythons and Peacocks. <gasps> Ooh, I like Ooh, that. Let's rethink our podcast name. <laughs> we'll start a rock band. Pythons and Peacocks. <laughs> but like Leo is the definition of a support animal. Like you can literally have him in your lap the whole time. He's not this giant dog, you know, yeah. so it's just crap that they're not allowing that anymore. I know. And he was in a carrier too. I don't know. It was really yeah. strange, but... Hey, hey, hey. She she told me, like, you know, you could try to go on a different airline who doesn't care about animals, and maybe they'll let him. And I was like, fuck you, bitch. Like, what? He flies in this carrier all the time. He's fine. It was literally the he only time we ever had an animals. issue. Yeah, Leo oh is... God. And for anyone listening, like, listen, I'm not a person who has my unruly dog on the plane. I'm literally not. I wouldn't even take him out of the carrier. He sits in the carrier silently, and he sleeps. Like, he's such a good dog. <laughs> Yeah. So, seriously, though. Anyway, uh, Adam, you're up next. Yes. How was your week? You know, it's been one of those like weeks where like I feel fine and everything's fine, but then I'd like look at the piles of dishes, you know, stacking up, and the mm-hmm. piles of laundry stacking up, and my plants all being thirsty. I'm like, maybe I'm not okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm okay, but then like. You see that thing and you're like, okay, maybe mentally I'm not like fully okay. Like I think I am, yeah. but so I, that's how my week's been. It's just been kind of blah. But yesterday I was, I was like, damn it, I'm going to go through all the plants on this shelf before I eat dinner and, you know, take care of them. And thankfully because of Lekka, my plants can take a bit more of my, uh, abuse than they would have if they were like in soil I guess I don't know maybe that's not true I just that's how I feel so I went through and took care of a bunch of plants and then it kind of like re-energized my love for them again because I was like a lot of the times they're all just sitting in the same spot but when you pull them off that spot then you kind of can see new growth and you can see like all the new things happening and then I was like oh yeah I'm gonna 
take i mean in my stories on instagram i've been posting like just a bunch of plant pictures which i haven't done in a while so that's mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. i was trying to snap out of like ignoring them as long as i have but yeah but you know i'm okay i'm fine it's just Good. you know it goes in in cycles ebbs and flows for sure but yeah we finished game of thrones last Ooh. night oh what yeah. did Steve think of the ending? Uh, okay, wait, you can't tell me what you think. Because I haven't seen it, and it's on my list of things to start watching. Okay. Like, I've oh. heard so much about it. Okay, but when Jon yeah. Snow was killed, he was so upset. Oh, my God. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's not a thing. <laughs> or okay. is it? Or is it? Uh, okay, without spoiling anything, what did he think? Because most people okay. were disappointed. I mean, that's pretty yeah. common knowledge. That's what I heard. I was disappointed, but I will say that watching it through as fast as we did, you kind of are less disappointed about how it ends because you kind of can see like I can't we can't really talk about it. But if you've if you've watched the show before and you know how it ends and you know that it was like a big disappointment, but I think when we had to wait like 2 years in between, we had to wait 1 year mm. in between for most seasons, I think we got like we fell more in love with the characters because we were listening to their uh, them as people like giving interviews and like we were yeah. falling in love with the actors and we were also falling in love with the characters but when you've watched it so quickly through when you kind of binge it uh, you don't really get that you don't really watch the interviews that they're giving for like press and that kind of stuff so you don't have that at least that's how I feel I didn't have that emotional connection so yeah. I think watching it through that fast changed my perception of the show i will say the last episode is kind of boring and he fell asleep for half of it like he (laughs) you know like the big the big episode was the second to last episode when like lots of stuff was happening and then the last episode some big things happened but it wasn't like super exciting it was more of just like gloomy uh and he yeah yeah, he for sure fell asleep (laughs) So That's maybe so that funny. gives you his opinion. <laughs> uh, see, I love shows like that, except when there's like battle scenes. Like if there's a battle scene, I literally just fast forward. I'm like, I don't want to see these people get like torn up. Like, I just want to know what happened at the end. Like, I can't do it. Oh, really? Yeah, I close my eyes through like half a brave heart. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I don't know what it is, but like Daniel loves those battle scenes. But I'm watching Outlander. And, like, in the battle scenes, quite literally, I just fast forward until it looks like something important happens. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) all right, fast forward. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I don't like like that either. Yeah. It's so scary to know, like, that's how things were back then, you know? I know. I would have never made it. No. Well, no, you you, you would adapt. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I asked Daniel if he thought... Like, I was like, do you think that I'd be helpful in, like, the 1700s? Like, se- like early settlers and... Well, no, no. Pause. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Sorry. Let's just say 1700s, because that's a whole can of worms. Do you think that I would have been helpful in the early 1700s? And he goes, uh, I don't know, maybe. I'm like, what do you mean? I know how to sew. I, think that you're I know how exactly. to cook. I can do everything that women did back then. And I'm like, do you think that you would have been important? He's like, absolutely. I'm like, you stupid. You love yourself. I can run fast. <laughs> I run I, okay. fast. The thing is, yes, I do think we all would be because we all are the type of people that like figure things out on our own. We learn. We 
I mean, but back then we wouldn't have the internet at our fingertips, but Ooh, scary. True. I do think I do think we would have figured it out, but here's where my problems lie is that I do not like eating things off of a bone. So <laughs> I for sure would not have survived because like I just I don't I don't know I've been I've been trying to switch to more plant based um, cutting out meat yeah wanting to get to that direction because if I know where my food is coming from I'm disgusted and appalled so mm-hmm. <laughs> back in those days you were a hunter and a gatherer I would have been gathering my ass off but I would not have been hunting. <laughs> Yeah. You could have just sliced the meat off the bone and cooked it off the bone. Yeah, but, like, someone would have had to do that for me, and that that just wasn't the thing back then, you know? Right. <laughs> true. Like, I can't true. see it. You know, sometimes when I'm eating yeah. eggs, like, there's halfway through the egg, I'm, like, realizing what I'm eating, and then I'm just absolutely disgusted. And I was like, I am I need <laughs> to stop eating this. Why am I, why am I eating this? Yeah. Yeah. Can relate. I, I'm on the journey to go plant-based as well, and I've been trying to, like, cook vegan or vegetarian meals and that just makes it so much easier because I feel like if I'm just like out on my own I'm not getting the proper nutrients and I just feel like crap you know yeah so yeah that's uh it's hard though but I I haven't had red meat in a really long time well really long time like maybe like two months Steve found these like uh fajita strips that are by this uh company called corn I think it's q-o-r-n corn or Mm q-u-o-r-n They are I buy it for so tea. good. I mean, we had fajitas mm-hmm. with it, and it was like, and I think it's vegan. Um, yeah. And it was delicious. And I was like, look, I can eat this like all day, every day. Like it yeah. had texture, it had flavor. So. So it's fake yeah. chicken. I don't even. It's fake like steak. I think it's. I think it's soy base, right? Yeah, that's or another thing is, is like trying to avoid soy. And yeah. vegetarianism and vegan because like I don't know my boobs are already yeah, getting big hard. enough I don't need them to get any bigger yeah you need to be careful with that soy makes your um, boobs bigger I, well it's like isn't there like some I don't know I know that <gasps> you have to be careful with your intake of soy yeah. especially when it comes around like hor- hormones or like reproductive I don't know I haven't done an, it'll enough turn research your children really gay. My mom had all the soy <laughs> when I was being born. Well, there you go. Disclaimer, you that go. was a joke. <laughs> I don't yes. really know the effects of soy, but I think I read passively one more so that it, like, creates, especially in men, it, like, is increasing the estrogen levels and it could grow man okay. boobs or something. I don't know. Okay. I mean, maybe. I haven't done Incredible. enough research to really know, but I just know that you should, all things in moderation, but you should avoid it. Um, excessively but I was a so I was a pescatarian I think that's what they're called when you just eat fish Mm -hmm. and like vegetable base and I did it for nine months and I don't even know why I went off of it I think I walked into Buffalo Wild Wings one day and was just like (laughs) give me all the chicken (laughs) Um, but I think that I can do that again. And I've been thinking about it because, you know, our daughter, I think I brought this up before, Tia's a vegetarian. And she's hitting her two-year mark. And she's only 15. She wow. started when she was 13. Yeah. And she just made the conscious decision to become a vegetarian. Um, 
and she's reaching her two year mark. So I'm thinking I'm thinking about it. And corn is one of the one of the things that we buy for her. Also, um, oh man, what's the name of it now? It's gonna bug me. I'm gonna have to look it up. But there's another one that she loves, and it's the chicken nuggets. And I don't think they're very high in soy. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. I saw an influencer buy these. You buy them in the mail? No, they're in the grocery store. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Is it Morning Star? I think it's Morning Star, but maybe yeah, I'm Morning wrong Star about the soy like thing. Some vegan things, yeah. Yeah. But though, I mean, like fake chicken nuggets to me is fine like they got the texture down they got like the breading down like it's good like you slab some barbecue sauce on those things and you're like you're good to go (laughs) the ground meat though like ground crumbles that's where it's kind of like like i don't the corn is pretty good i've tried that one that one's pretty good but like they usually don't master that like with fake burgers or like oh yeah you know Mm mm-hmm the it's kind of hard to get the that only thing from right. corn that I've tried is those strips, the like the steak the strips, strips, and they were yeah. so good. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try those. Hmm. Also, just thinking about Tia, like if I was a, you know, 13, because that's probably when she started, a 13 year old that was like, I'm gonna be a vegetarian or a vegan. My mm-hmm. parents have been like, then you're cooking your own damn food because I'm not doing anything yeah. special for you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I was, just I was like, thinking that too. But then also on my part, I would feel guilty like trying to like impose my, you know, not impose, but like I, f- I would feel like I would be imposing on, is that the right word? I would feel guilty because I'd be like, oh, I don't want you to have to change things for me. But then, yeah, but that's also a downfall of my personality. So I'm like, I'm proud of Tia. Well, when she told us that she wanted to, she was just like, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. Like, just buy me this stuff. I'll, I'll learn how to cook it, whatever. I'll do it myself. Mm. So for the most part, like, she's pretty, she's pretty self-sufficient with her food. But I feel like she does need some more protein. But she loves beans. And, like, she loves eggs, you know? So uh, she's not vegan. She's vegetarian. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. She's not I was vegan. Like, uh... <laughs> You're like, wait. Uh... So... So, yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I guess I guess my biggest thing is that if, if you're going into it with the intent of trying to help the environment, well, also your body, but, like, environmentally, environmentally wise, I feel like cutting out red meat is the first thing everybody should do. Just because of the, um, what's that gas called that they fart out that's killing our ozone (laughs) methane (laughs) methane gas but i mean like it's just like cows are just they're so damaging to this you know like i don't know like that's so i'm thinking like i'm gonna cut out red meat eventually like once i get my life in order and we're settled where we're gonna go i've been thinking about that just like cutting out red meat and starting there and then maybe slowly go back to pescatarian because i cannot give up fish like i love fish yeah and i feel like that would be my main source of protein yeah that's what i'm doing right now i eat like i eat i haven't had red meat but i have had like uh salmon so when we went to a restaurant there was like the surf and turf and i wanted surf and turf but i was like can you switch out the steak for a salmon and he's like oh yeah no problem and i had that and it was perfect Mm -hmm. like so good i felt so good after i ate it like i didn't feel heavy so it was a surf and surf it surf was a and surf, surf and surf and surf like surf and scuba dive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nicole, um, how's your week been? 
Yeah, speaking of scuba diving, I actually wanted to talk about this. So I started watching, actually I'm fin- I just finished it last night. It's called Deep Dive Ex- Expedition. It's on Discovery Plus. Do you guys have Discovery Plus? No. Uh, no, but I got Paramount Plus, which I think Discovery is part of. I don't know, National Geographic is part of. I think they both are, maybe. Do you remember back in the day when we just needed to have Hulu? <laughs> and For now, real. every single service was like, okay, well, now we're doing our own and pulling everything from everywhere. I know. It's crazy. I mean, there's really no need to have cable anymore, for sure. Um, But it's this show. If you can find it and watch it, it's called Deep Dive Ex- Expedition. It's this guy. His name's Victor something. And he's like multimillion dollar man. And he's explored like tops of like he's been to like the toppest peaks in the in the world and like he's explored space and he wanted to get to like the deepest parts of all five oceans Mm. so it's like a five-part episode it's really cool like they found new species down there and like he literally hit the bottom of every point of the deepest ocean and like they experienced some problems along the the way i had anxiety through the whole damn thing but it was so good it was such a good show so if you're looking for something like that and you like ocean exploring type documentaries like deadliest catch is another one that i love too the ocean Mm -hmm. scares the shit out of me it scares me too but i think that's why i like watching other people on it or in it because i mean i would never i get so claustrophobic thinking of him just getting into that submarine this submarine he built it himself well he had a team obviously but it was like a 35 million dollar submarine and no one's because no one's ever been that deep and the pressure down there is so incredibly crazy that like Ugh. oh yeah it my anxiety was through the roof for the whole thing but it was a very interesting like docu-series so if you're looking for something good to watch and you like stuff like that that's a good deep one deep dive deep dive um but yeah i mean i've kind of had a week where i've just kind of been playing catch up a little bit like, I'm relating with you with your plants and neglecting your plants. I've definitely been neglecting them since I got back from Arizona. <laughs> so on Monday, I put out a video, which I recorded literally the day before, um, of me just kind of going through, like, every plant, checking roots, doing flushes on my leka plants and watering everything. And now, like, I'm looking at them like, okay, like, I know what's dying if if one has a pest or not which i found mealies on a couple hoya again <laughs> still haven't no. completely battled that yeah i i'm i'm like i'm becoming one with them like i'm like accepting <laughs> that they're just maybe you're here to stay i don't know but they're definitely one of the pests that i don't mind as much for sure um but i think i nipped it i think i nipped it but yeah so like just kind of taking care of my plants that day was really it took my mom helped me too and it still took me like four and a half hours to go through all of my plants like we took a little break in the middle like for to eat but it was it was so long and it was kind of nice it was like it was like a therapy day like just doing mindless watering and plant care mm-hmm. you know yes those days are nice. really nice yeah when you don't have anything else to do but that and that's pretty it i don't have a lot to update on Cool, cool, cool. But anyway. Cool, cool. <laughs> so let's get into today's episode after talking for 30 minutes. I love our ketchups. They're fun. Me too. Okay, what are we talking and about I today? I hate mustard. We're talking about moving plants. 
And you hate mustard? Ketchup. <laughs> where did that go? Uh, oh. It's like, where the hell did my no. brain is? Becca's looking at you like, don't my brain. do it like what? that. <laughs> <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> We're talking about moving plants outside for the growing yes. season, which is upon us in America. It- yeah, it really is. If you're if you're in the United States, we're in spring and Northern I don't know, hemisphere I like, in general. Right. I feel like now is the time where I would start moving plants out. But being in Chicago, we're still going to have some days in April where it's going to get down to like the mid 30s, so I'm a little worried about it, but typically when I move plants outside, I usually like to have the nights no no lower than like 45 degrees at night. And it could be whatever during the day. I mean, plants are fine outside in Chicago all summer. Um, but we're not quite there yet. I moved some of my cactus and like euphorbia and stuff outside that my mom brought from Arizona where she just left them out all winter pretty much. And they did fine. Um but yeah, I haven't really gotten there yet, but I'm excited about it because I'm just excited to get some of these out. They always grow so great through the summer and they're always so much happier out there. Mm-hmm. So I love bringing my plants out. Have you guys, well, it's like 100 degrees in Phoenix now, isn't it, Adam? Yeah. we, we Oh my God. We hit the 100 degree mark already. <laughs> I cannot believe Woo! that. Yeah. Oh, I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy it for me. Um, yeah. Okay. So I don't know if I'm going to have much input for this video because we all know that I was like, oh my gosh, move your ficus outside. They'll love it. And then like literally the next (laughs) week they were all burned and dead. So (laughs) my routine of moving plants outside is basically like, can you hang? And if you can't hang too bad, like this is your fate. And if you can, good on you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad that we're talking about this because I actually had a question for you. Like, do you keep most of your cactus and stuff pretty much all outside, right? Like you all year, like you don't have those inside? Yeah, I moved a few, like the booby cactus I moved inside just cuz I was like, uh, I I'd, I'd rather like not lose this one. Mm-hmm. But the majority of the cactus I just have outside and they've stayed out there all year. Uh yeah. and I don't they always tell you to kind of like water if you haven't gotten any rain, but they're under a patio so they don't get rain. So like water maybe through the winter, I watered maybe like once a month, mm-hmm. um, some of them. And they're all still doing well. They're all yeah. waking up. Yeah. But also like they're in planters, like they're potted in planters and not the landscape. So I feel like, cause when my mom was out there, I would just tell her, you know, like, just make sure you water it thoroughly and just make sure it's drying out and then you, sh- you should be fine, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, like, her landscape, I think that they had, they had like, the watering system scheduled to go on, like, every couple of days, even if there was rain in the forecast. But it was, like, a drip system, you know? Right. So they just took up whatever they wanted. 
But yeah, I was curious about that. But you don't bring anything else out there, right? Like you leave your Hoya and everything inside. Yeah, I mean, the only time I take house plant, like my house plants, like Hoya and that, is if I'm doing a project where I'm like cleaning them or something. But uh, yeah, no, I don't. Those all stay inside. I haven't gotten the guts enough to. I mean, the heat alone just like kind of damages them, regardless yeah. if they're in direct sun or not. So. Yeah, because it gets so hot. I'm kind of curious to how this year is going to go, because this is my first full summer with, like, a good chunk of my plants in LECA, and we don't have a covered patio. So, like, I really can't bring those plants outside, because in Chicago, in the Midwest period, it rains so much, and they would just fill up and drown. Mm -hmm. So... It's going to be interesting to see, like, what I can and can't do and maybe explore the options of, like, a greenhouse or something in my backyard at the new place. But yeah. what about you, Becca? Like, you you bring stuff. Are you starting to bring stuff out yet? I brought all my cactus outside because it's been above freezing for a while, and I don't think that it'll go mm-hmm. back below freezing, although it's getting close, which makes me very sad because it was so warm last week, and then now we're back in, like, the 50s. Isn't it crazy how the temperatures fluctuate, like, night and day in the Midwest? It's yeah. Nuts. Like, I'm being teased, like, big time. Like, there's a big old <laughs> pair of tits on the sun, and she's saying, she's shaking them, and then she goes, oh, no. And it goes behind the cloud. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That that's is the best literally visual. my life. <laughs> that, that was so funny. Nope, you can't Ooh. touch. <laughs> so, yeah, that's not good. But it's a... Um, I did put my cactus out. They will probably be out there until winter happens again. Mm-hmm. Because in Arizona, I left them out there all all year long because they are freeze tolerant. Well, they are tolerant, tolerant until freeze. So, right. I mean, you think about cactus who live out in the desert. It does get to or even below freezing sometimes and they're fine. So, mm-hmm. um, it has rained a lot in the last couple of days. And I've been letting them get the water because it has not... They have not gotten water basically since October. So I'm just kind of mm-hmm. letting that happen. And my soil is so good that I know it's not going to rot. Fingers crossed yes. here. So, uh, yeah, that happened. And then I think in May I will bring out houseplants once I have a mm-hmm. covered situation. Because we are wanting to get like a covered... Um, I keep wanting to say pergola, but it's not a pergola. It's just like a cover. What are, what are those things called? Like a screen cover, or are you actually going to build a patio? Like something. Yeah, like a covered patio. Like it's just this thing that you put up. A, uh, I was about to say gorgonzola. That's cheese. <laughs> I mean, you can what? definitely have a, co- a pergola, but the pergola, the roof is not just like a solid. It's like hatched or like squares. Where yeah. It could be open. Wait, are you talking about a, a gazebo? Yes. Okay, you said gorgonzola, and I was like, that's pretty close to gazebo (laughs) yes a gazebo we were looking into buying a gazebo for our patio so if i can find one i'll probably put plants out underneath that um Mm -hmm. and i'll work with my ficus to get them into full sun because that's you i always do that so yeah that's my plans right now and also we are going to be building a greenhouse from a greenhouse kit. Yay. So I don't even know if I'll need to have houseplants on the patio. I might just do like florals and stuff like that. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah. That brings but I up normally good... do. Oh, sorry. Go. Go ahead. 
Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, I normally do put out, like, majority of my houseplants outside on my patio. Mm -hmm. If you remember my old patio, it was, like, so little, but I packed it. So, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that brings up a good point of when you talked about acclimating your ficus into full sun because this will kind of I think this is an important part of transitioning plants outside but I have zero experience with this so I'm going to leave that up to Mm -hmm. you too but I think we should talk about you know how you each transition yeah well to be honest for the most part when I brought my ruby my ficus um ruby red is that what it is won't the red leaves Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I brought that out, I had that on my front porch, which didn't really get any sun at all. Like, it was in a spot that... Because we have these huge trees in our front yard at my house now, and it just... It blocked... It was blocked by shade. So I never really introduced it to full sun, but... When I brought my fiddly fig out there, I think this... Was this last summer? I think it was last summer. Um... A couple of my leaves burnt off and I had it in a spot that was like kind of shaded and I would only bring it into the sun in the morning because the morning light's just so much softer than the evening light and it still ended up burning the leaves. So I don't know if I if I have mastered that or figured that out. I clearly haven't. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's kind of hard. It's like a little dance you have to do. And I think you just have to be really careful and and also just knowing that like if it burns try to catch it as soon as you can but it's like low-key inevitable if it's getting any direct sun outside because that sun is like way 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 stronger than anything that it's receiving indoors even in the brightest window so Mm -hmm. it's just something to consider like you will probably get burn spots on your plants that you put outside if they're in direct sun for sure unless you're Mm -hmm. like put it out for 30 minutes, bring it back in. And then the next day you do 45 minutes. I mean, it's kind of a long process, isn't it? So if you're kind of looking for a little bit easier of a time, just if you have a covered patio that gets full shade all the time, opt for that instead than like over having them in full sun. Because these plants, even in their natural environment, are not full sun plants. Other than ficus no. and like some like Monsieur Deliciosa when it's like super mature will maybe reach to the top of the canopy, but usually not. <laughs> so yeah. they don't even like full sun, most of our house plants. So you wouldn't want to put them in a place where they would be getting full sun unless it's a ficus and that's when you have taken the time to really acclimate it well or count your losses with leaf burn. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, just shade, full shade all the time for houseplants. Which I think is important to talk about because I, I feel like as a new plant parent, people would think, oh, you know, obviously plants need light, 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 and they love really bright light. But, you know, if you don't know really where your plants come from or you don't know like how the rainforest works and like what is under the canopy and what's not, you're going to think putting your plants in full sun is what you're supposed to do because we're always pushing like to put your plants in the brightest window like look for that really really good light and put grow lights over your plants that are like a couple inches above your leaves and Mm -hmm. they'll love it and it's this misconception of bringing your plants outside for the summer like you said you definitely don't want them in full sun i've burned some monstera deliciosa leaves in my day and she was not happy with me Mm -hmm. but for the most part 
last year when I brought my houseplants outside, we have a pretty big patio table and we have a big umbrella and I would just leave that umbrella up all the time. Like obviously when we were expecting rain, I would put it down, but usually with rain comes clouds and there's no sun anyway. So um, they pretty much got shade a good chunk of the summer, unless it was my cactus and they were just, my cactus were in full sun. Mm -hmm. But even with like, even with some euphorbia, you have to be careful because if you've had your euphorbia inside all year and then you're going to bring them out and throw them into full sun, they're going to burn too. They'll get burn spots on them. Right. Right. And somebody messaged me and told me that like, hey, make sure that you have these in shade at, at first. And I was like, it's cloudy, <laughs> like every single day. If <laughs> I was in day. Tucson, it would be different. But it's cloudy literally every single day. So there's no direct sun hitting it. And so by the time the direct sun actually comes, they might be acclimated to the bright light by then. I don't know. But if they get burnt, like yeah. they got burnt. I'm not going to be like super picky about it because it's a plant mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And these things are yeah. going to happen and it'll learn. It'll adapt. It's all experimental. Yeah. yeah. And that's with cactus. Again, cactus, not Calathea right. or Hoya <laughs> or whatever else, you know, just be really careful. Yeah. I found that my Hoya loved being outside. Really? Like just with, well, because our humidity is so high because mm-hmm. we're so close to Lake Michigan. Even in Missouri, I feel like you're you're going to experience that. If you're not already with all this rain we've been having this week, like mm-hmm. you're, the humidity levels are going to be insane. Yeah, it's been like 80%. So, yeah, it's crazy. But I feel like that's probably why in Arizona, like it's hard to have all of like your leafy plants outside just because it's so dry. Yeah. Um, I have toyed with putting Hoya out at nighttime my flowering Hoya to see if I can get pollinators to pollinate them because I have tried many times Mm -hmm. because I feel like I've been blessed with Hoya blooms. So Mm -hmm. I've tried many times to like try to pollinate them myself and it's just not an easy process. And I was like, you know, these do it, these, these bugs in nature do this. And obviously Hoyas develop a stronger scent with their flowers at nighttime. And I think that is because they're pollinated by moths and, and that kind of stuff. So I have toyed with the idea of like overnight like leaving a flowering Hoya outside and I might try that uh, coming soon just to see if I could get like a seed pod because that would just be so much fun. Mm-hmm. That would be a cool experiment. Like if you set up like a GoPro or something oh, like outside and, oh. and you can see the moss. That'd be really cool. Night cam. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. But Do yeah, ever- so... What? Have you have you ever had Hoya milk? <laughs> no. What? Can I get a Hoya? <laughs> they they make a sweet nectar. Have you ever tried it? Oh, from the flowers. Have you ever suckled on the teat of your Hoya? I have licked of your the Hoya. <laughs> I have licked the Hoya sap. And I've also licked the philodendron sap, too. But when you said milk, it made me think about when you cut Hoya, they kind of excrete, excrete that, like, milky, <gasps> and that's, like, toxic. So I was like, I'm trying no, to poison you. You can't, you Wait, can't eat that. is it safe to lick the sap off your philodendron, though? Oh, yeah. Those, this, it's the extra floral nectaries, which philodendrons produce. Mm. Which, by the way, this is not talked about enough, in my opinion, because when I first had philodendrons and they started doing these extra floral nectaries... I was concerned 
because I googled <laughs> yeah. I googled like you know sap on my philodendron and every sure. every single article was like you have pests you have pests mealybugs yeah and I was like but I, there's no pests on here yeah and then you know I posted on my stories and this was a long time ago in the beginning of my plant journey and someone way smarter than me was like it's extra floral nectary so then I looked those up and sure enough like it's a it's a thing the plant produces to draw pests to it like ants that will take care of bad pests so it's like a sugary sap mm. that encourages uh like ants and such to come and like feed on it but also while they're there like if there's any other bad pests then they'll kill those too yeah i'm pretty sure that i messaged you frantically one day about this yeah. because like what what was it it tastes really good though it's very know. sugary it's like a little okay yeah cool i mean my... sugar and my billetier leaf is like, you know, 20 inches long. And I can just like lick the entire leaf. <laughs> like right. Uh. Maybe we should maybe we should record video because the looks on your faces <laughs> at some of these points in our conversations are freaking hilarious. And the world needs to see them. The world needs to see them. Well, yeah. So... I feel like in the summertime, I feel like with being, well, with being in Chicago or the Midwest, I don't know if it rains as much as it does anywhere else in the United States as it does here, because I've been here my whole life, so I can't compare it to anything. Yeah. But I do fertilize way more in the summer months because it rains so much, like spring and summer. It's I feel like I'm fertilizing more than I obviously usually do just because it rains so much so like the plants are constantly getting flushed out more yeah. frequently than they would if i would water them like myself being outside so did do you feel like you fertilize more than you would if you left your plants inside and you think we should be doing that um i think it depends on like how quickly the plant is growing because that will tell you like how much nutrients they're using Mm-hmm. Personally, listen, I've not, I don't have a good track record of like being good at fertilizing. So I would say in a perfect world, yes, likely because they are going to be putting out more growth. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. But I wouldn't say that I fertilized more, mostly because I just didn't think to. Like I just okay. wasn't even, it wasn't even on my radar. I feel like it would also <laughs> depend on the type of fertilizer you're using because. Like, Becca, you're using that Tanks organic uh, powder mm-hmm. for fertilizer that you just... So it kind of integrates with the soil. Yeah, uh, yeah. Whereas if you're using, like, a liquid fertilizer, I feel like that... I, I mean, again, not an expert here, but it just feels like that would flush out. Like, you know, the soil will yeah. absorb moisture, but I feel like if it's constantly being extra moisturized or whatever, it's just going to keep, like pushing right. that out you know it's not going to be like oh well this water has nutrients so i'm going to retain this and this one doesn't so i'm going to you know let this one yeah. go out kind of thing yeah i feel like this might be a good question for our friend gretchen that we had on the other day because i like you know the little green pellet fertilizers that you usually find in nursery pots like at greenhouses or nurseries i feel like they use those specifically for that reason because they're constantly watering their plants yeah so maybe those break down a little bit slower Yeah, that's why they're called a slow release fertilizer nicole <laughs> okay okay <laughs> listen <laughs> no, sweetie. I'm kidding. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. But no, but you're right. I'm... You're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so let's let's talk about plants that like would do really well outside and plants that wouldn't. I guess. Okay. So would do really well. Ficus. Yeah. Um, I was hoping that you guys would say some. Okay, so jump in here. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Monstera, and I'm gonna say just the regular green form Monstera deliciosa because there's actually some people who have Monsteras growing in their landscape here in Phoenix. Really? That's nuts. Yeah. Now, do they look like the most beautiful specimen in the world? No. They they look like they've seen some shit, but they're still growing. Uh, but yeah. I do think that like if you acclimate them, so I guess what I mean by that is like slowly introduce them to the environment, like little at a time, and you just keep increasing that. Um, I think that they could do well in a shady area here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then maybe not even in a shady area all over because. Uh, like in Chicago or anywhere where you have a lot of humidity. I mean, they grow like weeds in Florida too, and sometimes they're in full sun, kind of thing. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. California as well. I've seen I've seen them in landscapes in California too. Mm-hmm. Um, which that's a good that that's definitely a good plant to have outside. My monstera always doubles in size. Like literally, I've I've chopped and propped it every fall since I've had it after it being outside it it, i put it so close to my um to the building next door for me if you follow me on instagram you'll know that i live next to this building that's just a huge freaking brick wall anyway the aerial roots grew out and like attached itself to the wall last summer no oh yeah that one too but my monstera deliciosa as well really yes that's awesome yeah that it was crazy but I am having a hard time deciding whether or not I want to bring my elbow outside. It's a baby, but I'm thinking that because I think I'm going to need to repot it soon because it's up to like three leaves. And I'm just terrified to experiment with that. But I also want to just to see like, you know, how well it does. Mm-hmm. Obviously keeping it in sh- full shade, but um, I don't know. I don't know. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> I haven't decided yet. I don't yet. know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. You know, the variegated forms of our plants need more light than the green forms because there's less mm-hmm. chlorophyll photosynthesizing. So I think that if it was in, like, shade, it would be okay. But yours is also a very young one. So, like, part of me is like, well, maybe wait till next year. But if you have, like, yeah. a guaranteed spot for full shade, yeah, mm-hmm. why not? Try it out. I always get worried that, like, the variegated parts of my plants, like my Thai constellation, I've had browning on the variegated parts. Yeah. And I don't know if that's what that's due to, you know, because you read up and people are like, well, it's due to heat, which I could see Mm because when I was traveling here with my Thai constellation, it did get burned in the back of my car. And the parts that Mm -hmm. got burned were the white parts, like the white parts instantly browned. And so I was like, well, it's heat or you're you know your water situation it's just like there's never Mm -hmm. a clear answer but that's the only thing i'd maybe worry about with your elbow yeah it's it is still so tiny i might wait yeah it is so cute i feel like um i know i love it so much it's so cute i have another wet stick that's doing really well in my prop box so i'll have to show that to you guys later Mm. but i feel like another 
Another, obviously, cactus and euphorbia. Love it outside. Mm-hmm. I get most of my growth from my cactus in the summer months being outside. But the grow lights are great, too. They they love the grow lights. Like, that's kept them all alive all winter. Mm-hmm. Um, Alocasia and colocasia, like those... Yes, elephant, yeah, that's elephant it. Those ears, are... they do really well outside. And yeah, thematophyllums really well. too, like the cellum, uh, mm-hmm. that yep. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they have them in, I mean, it's it's a part of like landscaping out here in the summertime. Yeah. Yeah. Same here, yeah. I'm I'm going to plant some elephant ears and I'm so excited. Yeah. Oh, caladiums. Oh my God, they're going to get huge, Yeah. I'm super excited. Uh, if you currently have a Croton in your collection that you hate because it also hates you, <laughs> move that little bee. Move that little bee outside. I bet it'll be happy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I I had I had a Croton that I got on like heavy discount at the store, and I kept it outside, and it was just in this gigantic planter and i left it i just let it die out there because it was way too big to bring into my house but it like tripled in size that's being outside they love it out there oh man um any type of jungle cactus would do great like the rickrack or the cissus quadrangularis yeah Mm -hmm. um ripsalis paradoxa ripsalis those would do really well for sure. Those have always done really well for me outside. And oh, like thinner leaf plants do okay. They just need so much more water. I think that's really the, the types of plants that wouldn't do well is like pothos. Personally, I would not put a pothos outside because it would get so yeah. thirsty and like snake plant. Oh, no, no, sorry. Snake plants would do good. Uh, spider plants in my experience, were so thirsty outside. But they were really happy, but so thirsty. Yeah. I feel like Syngonium is another one that does well outside, but it is a thirstier plant. Like, you have to be on top of that. Yeah. And those, like, I mean, in their natural habitat, they could grow, like, even, like, really anywhere because they're an invasive plant, actually. So yeah, they're super hardy outside. It's just thirsty usually that's in places where it's like super humid or like really rainy mm-hmm. yep yeah like indonesia uh, my string of banana yeah my string of bananas goes ballistic outside but my string of hearts not so much i tried it with one last summer yep. and it, like some cuttings of one it wasn't happy out there same but that's that also goes hand in hand with like string of bananas is more succulent than string of hearts so they do mm-hmm. they do better out there yeah i i put a string of hearts outside and that's it still is recovering from that <laughs> and i didn't bring it in when i should have like i noticed that it looked bad and i was like uh anyway like i didn't bring it back in oh when my I gosh should've. yeah totally relate so. to that yeah my variegated string of hearts you know as i was doing my shelf cleaning plant care that i've been putting off for a long time is still in soil and it was such a beautiful plant it was so lush it had long beautiful vines and all of them are bare now like literally oh no it all died so i cut it back to basically the top of the pot um because it has some pretty big uh tubers that are still mm-hmm. healthy, so I'm hoping that it'll it'll start growing again. But 
I did that with a couple plants yesterday, that string of variegated string of hearts, and then also my Albo Syngonium. I had one vine that was literally just like five feet tall, and so I just like cut it yeah. all the way back and started propagating every single node. I was just like, okay. Is that what you okay. posted on Instagram? Uh, a handful of nodes? No, that was what my mic ends. That also Oh, that's was, right. That's I, right. But my mic ends I was ignoring because it got pest and I was holding a grudge. We're better now. <laughs> I mean, she's growing really well now, but I had to cut a lot of the vines off just because. You know, and I had a lot of people reach out to me and they're like, you can do that with just those nodes without a leaf. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's a wet stick propagation. And then someone said, uh, I mean, very kindly, they weren't rude at all, but they were like, I, I mean, I knew you could do that with other plants. I just didn't know you would be able to do that with the mic ends. And I'm like, well, I mean... It's just like any other philodendron. I mean, yeah. any it plant might take has a while. A, yeah. It, yeah, it might take a while, and it, it probably is a, it's a patience game, but if you have a healthy node, you can mm-hmm. start a new plant, regardless if there's, like, leaf material there or not, you know? Right. Yeah. I guess I learned that not that long ago, like maybe about a year ago, because I always thought you needed a leaf to propagate too, but then I experimented with the wet sticks, and I was like, this is so awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, another really good plant for outside is Cebu Blue. <sighs> Those things grow like weeds. Do they? Okay. Yeah. And I mean, even though they're both O's, it's, well, they're, they're I mean, they love being. they're Epipernum. Epipernum. <laughs> Epipernum. Yeah, I guess. Pothos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, in the shade, love it outside. Yeah. yeah. Mine. I had a good time out there last summer. Climbers. Oh, you did. Ooh, that's that's fun. It was a good time. <laughs> I really want to in my greenhouse um put like a bunch of like get like a bunch of really tall poles and attach plants to it at the bottom and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. that would be so cool. Mhm. I'm excited about that. About your greenhouse experiment. It should be so good. Oh my gosh, I'm just like picturing your plants like little Nas X just like twisting around that pole, just like, call me if you want me. Call me in the morning. <laughs> call me. You put little cowboy hats on all of them. Oh my god, they're like twerking on my, on like uh, my lap instead oh, of yeah. Satan's. <laughs> By the way, great song. Like, I love it. It's a bop. It's a bop. It is an absolute bop. And I love that, like, there was so much unrest about it. I mean, I don't love that. But, you know, like, everyone was like, ah, what? What is yeah. this? My favorite thing seeing is, like, Ooh. okay, you've been telling gays that they're going to go to hell their whole life. And then when they actually go there and show you, like, ha yeah. they then you get mad about it. So it's like, um. <laughs> exactly. That That's why I loved it. I was like, this is what you guys have been saying to them. Like. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's messed so, up. What else? What other plants? Oh, let's see. I would say Aglionema would probably do fine. Oh, yeah. Full yeah. shade. Oh, yeah. Full shade Aglionema yeah, would probably, probably thrive. A thriving queen. I mean, Becca touched mm-hmm. on this, but snake plants, Sansevieria, Dracaena. Uh, they all, like, They even are in the native landscaping here in, in Phoenix. Like, they can handle. Right. Yeah. They can handle some stuff. And ZZ plants. Yeah, they're pretty hardy. ZZ plants as well, I think. Yeah. would be really good. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had my ZZ plant outside, now that I think about it. It's just in my dark basement all of its life. Huh. So that would be a fun experiment to see, like, how it would do. Yeah. When I when I went to Tulum for my honeymoon, 
they actually had like walls of Sansevieria. Uh, Dracaena. <laughs> anyway, they had Dracaena. like big walls of them, and they would even be in like the medians. And to trim them, they would literally just cut off the tips. And I'm like, this is heinous. Like I would see them just <sighs> oh like my trimmed like hedges over the top, and it was shocking. But yeah, that's what they so did. So it was just all these bunch of just flat Sansevieria tops. Yeah. Why? I wish I took a picture. But like when I was on my honeymoon, I was in a very tropical place. But at the same time, I was like, I'm on my freaking honeymoon and I'm not taking pictures of plants. But I wish that I did now because there yeah. were so many good ones. But yeah, like I, I saw that a lot. Actually, it was so weird. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I bet a quick Google search will show it. Yeah, probably. Flat top sense of area. Gross. Blasphemy. I know. Um... Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I don't know, is that it? I, I was going to say, when I first started my plant journey, I remember someone saying, the shadiest spot outside. So the spot outside that gets all the shade, is never hit with sun, is still brighter than the brightest spot that you could find for a plant on your in your house. And that's mm-hmm. kind of stuck totally with me. Because like, sometimes if I put things outside, like cactus and stuff in there, um, in full shade, like of under my patio, mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, this isn't a good spot. But then I was like, but that's actually like a lot better than what they were getting inside. Right. Yeah, so. right, right. Something that a lot of people asked me when I posted about putting my cactus outside is like, oh, aren't you worried that pests will come inside with them? So, oh, that's a good topic. Uh, Nicole, maybe you have more experience with this because I never had that problem. And, like, also yeah. a bunch of people were, like, wouldn't, like, animals dig into the pots and, like, bury stuff in it and kill yeah. the plant? I I did not live in a place where that would happen at the time. Now I do, so I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Yeah, I've had experience with both of those issues before. Um, but mostly spiders and, like, centipedes will find their way into your potted plants. But I found that if you have them elevated, like up on a patio table, like I do most of the summer, instead of planters that are just sitting on the ground or like sitting on top of a bed of soil or whatever, it's not as easy for those insects to get into your plants. So the first summer I had my plants outside, what I did in the fall was I repotted most of them one they needed the repotting because they literally grew so much and they were due for a repotting so i repotted them right before i brought them in which is typically not the time people say to repot your plants even though i just repot all year i really don't listen to that Mm -hmm. usually people say to do it in the springtime but our plants aren't growing over the summer or over the winter rather so like why would you repot anyway that's another topic (laughs) but then so i repotted but then last fall last fall when I brought them in. I usually bring my plants in like the first week of October, depending on freezing temps and like what that looks like because it changes year to year. Mm-hmm. I did um, um, oh gosh diatomaceous earth. So I just pretty much used that and just like watered thoroughly. I made sure I watered really thoroughly to just kind of like flush whatever was in there out. And I didn't experience anything. Like I didn't see any dead insects at the top of my plants after a few weeks of bringing them in. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that worked as well instead of instead of repotting. But I've heard people say to just water with like an insecticidal soap and that could 
work too, like right before you bring them in. Um, yeah, there, I mean, there's a couple thing. There's a couple things you could do, but then as far as um, wait, what was the other question? You said insects, and then oh, animals digging. Animals digging. That was a problem. So squirrels in the Midwest are evil little creatures. <laughs> At least we we have one squirrel in our yard that had literally for the past two years that have eaten my apuntia down to like the nubs and i'm like how is this enjoyable for you (laughs) it's got to be painful clearly it's not so i kind of decided to just not put my apuntia out there this summer because i don't i don't want to harm the squirrel like because there's things that people say that you could do to detour them but they're still going to eat the dang thing so I don't want to like you know do any of that to like harm an animal so I'm just going to not give him the option this summer or we're probably we're not going to be here this yeah so it's not even going to be an option but um, as far as like pests digging in the planters I haven't really had any of that happen I was expecting it but I haven't really had any of that happen we have um raccoons and skunk near our house Mm -hmm. but they never bothered any of any of our potted house plants okay like ever before so i don't know i guess it depends on obviously the area you live in you're in a much more wooded area than i live near so i would just you know be on the lookout for that and like see what happens but i i find that like elevating them like i said if they're not on the ground i feel like that's that's a better option especially with insects yeah right right and out here we have squirrels possums raccoons skunks deer lots of birds like pretty much everything now so for my garden beds like this podcast episode is not about the garden but for my garden beds i am just being proactive in building a deer fence because i know for a fact that i'm building my garden like right next to their house because they a bunch of them live out in the field well they don't live in the field but they sleep out there because we always see the grass flattened and stuff so i'm not gonna just give them an all you can eat all you can eat buffet you know like i have yeah. to fence it in which is annoying and more expensive but it's got to be well, done and the, and the rabbits too like those will just and the rabbits they will yeah. just chomp 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 through your whole garden and the moles sorry i cut I cut out and I had to like exit the call, so I didn't really hear what you said. But oh, we'll pretend that I did. I was just talking about <laughs> how we're gonna make a deer fence because like it's inevitable that deer oh. are one hundred percent gonna eat all of my crops. Oh so. yeah, yeah. So have you seen deer like out on your property? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we see their poop so cool. all the time too. Cooper actually <laughs> rolled in deer poop the other day. It was oh. awful, but. Yeah, Coopy we see them a lot. Likes the poopy. Coopy likes poopy. <laughs> yesterday I was I got my vaccine yesterday and I came home. My my first dose. I'm one dose Yay! in. So is Nicole. So is Adam. Ooh, and we're all one dose in. Yes. And uh, wait. Since we're all one dose in, we're soon to be two doses in. We should maybe plan something. This yes. like maybe late summer. Hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. Thoughts? Okay. Okay. Cool. Oh my gosh. The audience needs to hold us to that. Um, yeah. Hold us accountable. Reminding us. But like, I, <laughs> I want, I want to come to you because I want to see your house. <laughs> Is that selfish? I do too. <laughs> you guys? Yes. You're absolutely invited here. 
I've got, again, two spare bedrooms, or you can sleep in the same room. I gotta ride that 61-inch deck. <laughs> you got it. We're actually pulling it landscaping. out. We're pulling it out for the first time this season, <laughs> like this weekend. Pulling it out. Pulling whipping it, it out. <laughs> um, wait, the other day. Wait, hold on. Get your overalls out. Speaking of poopy, let me just finish this thought before we get sidetracked. Um, I came home from getting my first dose and it was raining so hard and like the dogs don't go out. They don't like going outside when it's raining. And I came in mm-hmm. and I immediately smelt a poop and I was like, "Koopy, you had a poopy." And I was looking <laughs> around. Had a poopy. Yeah, I was looking around for it and I found it and I was like, "Ugh, gross!" It looked like a human uh. turd just like sitting there, like <laughs> so gross. It was huge. Like, what are you feeding your dog? Uh, science diet? I don't know. Just <laughs> they like it. I don't know. But yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so we're bringing out the lawnmower and I told Daniel like, oh, why don't you just because he was stressed because he works like obviously full time and then we have so much house stuff mm-hmm. and he's so upset about his hours because he works like nine to five now and he's always worked like, I don't know, like 630 to 330, you know, just like different hours. Mm-hmm. So he feels like he doesn't yeah. really have a day. And I was thinking about how yeah. how restrictive nine to five is, you know, because that's it really is. That's your that's literally the full day. So, yeah. Anyway, I was telling him like he could just try to mow part of the yard and then do the rest of it later, like to like incur. I don't know. I was just trying to make him feel better because I could tell he was stressed. He's like, no, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's dumb i'm gonna leave you alone <laughs> <laughs> i mean technically I it shouldn't matter too much since you guys are so far out of town but i used to just mow my front yard uh mm. in town because i was like well that's all the people are seeing and then i would like get to the backyard yeah. when i could but yeah i kind of agree with daniel like that's it's not fun to just like i don't like leaving things half finished but oof. Yeah. nine to fives are awful it's terrible. It's a yeah, terrible. Yeah, who came who came up with that with that work work schedule? It's like you can't you you wake up early, but you can only get so much done before you have to leave to go to work at nine. You're right. And then you come home at five and you eat dinner and it's dark. Exactly. Ah, you know? uh, that's the big problem. It's a dumb schedule. It's the worst, and it's good that it's staying light a little bit longer because he came home one day at like I don't know like five thirty or six, and we were able to go outside and like clean up the yard for like an Mm -hmm. hour before it got dark it just makes us it like forces us to be more efficient but yeah it just sucks it just really sucks all right well what do you think did we cover everything i think we did yeah yeah i think we did too i thought this was a good episode to have considering that people are starting to bring their plants outside for the summer and i'm curious to know or we're curious to know if you're bringing your plants outside this summer. So head over to our Instagram post for this week and leave us a comment. Let us know what you're doing Mm -hmm. or what works for you. Share your tips with us and all the people who are looking at those comments because, you know, we have a collective knowledge and it helps all of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, very true. Very, very true. And again, every single time we do an outro, I'm like the YouTube channel. We should do a collab video. <laughs> we say this yeah, literally we every definitely week. should. <laughs> I think that we had a we had a DM from from someone very sweet. She's a she's a great human being, and she was like, "I miss your YouTube videos. I watched the last one. Do you have another one planned?" So, on that note, let's plan another collab video <laughs> for sure. Right after we get off the phone here, let's plan it. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> we need to hold ourselves accountable here. 
Um, yeah, so definitely go check out our YouTube channel, Potted Together. We have quite a few collabs up there, some from the past, some from since we started the podcast, and we will have more, promise. Pinky swear. Mm-hmm. Um, and also be sure to follow us over on Potted Together on Instagram and individually at NotDude, at Becca De La Plants. Wait, are you Becca De La Plants? I always forget. Just De La Plants. At De La Plants mm-hmm. and at My Clean Leaves. Perfect. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. 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 You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.